Hey, hey, welcome to episode 68, or what should actually be episode 666, in an ideal world. But then again, it's not an ideal world at all. It indeed is a world that's been wracked by a virus, a virus that's threatening all of mankind. And if you really can't understand whom we're going to be talking to after that kind of a hint, then you should, like, you know, just pull your head out of your asses and uh, rediscover the Blaze Bailey era of Iron Maiden and just Blaze Bailey himself as an artist. Peter, thank you so much for this. It worked out so well, right? It just worked out because uh, Blaze Bailey, or rather uh, the band and the entire operation, which is run by and uh, produced as such largely by Blaze himself, decided to put out a live video of Virus around, say, three weeks back or four weeks back. And all it took was, once again, just an email. Yeah, man. I mean... It, it was so random. I was watching something on YouTube. And uh, at this point, I want to give credit to the YouTube algorithm for bringing that video to my front page. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all it kind of took. And I was like, hey, doesn't sound that bad. And of course, uh, the song, uh, the video I watched is uh, of a virus. And I was like, it's kind of apt for these times. So cool. And that's when I realized that they're releasing a live album. And yeah, from there, to now releasing an episode with Blaze Bailey. Something that was supposed to be originally just a 20-minute chat actually extended into being one of the most fun times I've had in this lockdown. Or rather, I would actually mark it as one of the highlights uh, in the year so far. We talk a lot about Blaze's journey. We talk a lot about his own projects. We talk a lot about Iron Maiden, of course. And... I'm just building this up as more and more because, actually, wait, tell you what, I shouldn't be building all this up. Experience the man himself. Here is Blaze Bailey. Please welcome to Horns Up, none other than the legend himself, Blaze Bailey. Hi, Blaze. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm doing very well. I resent the government telling me that I should stay at home during this virus because I was supposed to be at home anyway writing my book and my new songs. So I was already at home and now they've told me to stay at home. So now I feel like going out because they told me to stay at home. Before, I was okay. I had to stay at home and work. But now they've told me I've got to stay at home. Now I want to go out. So oh my they God. reversed it on me, and I feel very resentful towards these people that are telling me to stop at home when I was stopping at home anyway. Work at home if you can. I was already working at home. <laughs> it's just terrible. But apart from that, I'm very well. Yeah. But what else can you yeah. do when there's an evil virus that's threatening? Exactly. And... exactly. and I'll tell you what. Why isn't that number one in the charts right now around the world? <laughs> because there are the secret rulers of the world trying to stop heavy metal getting back to its rightful place as the number one most popular music in the world. So <laughs> that virus should be number one across the world. Why not? Can only be one reason. Someone is trying to stop heavy metal again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> All right. So Blaze, this is a huge honor for us. Uh, we are huge fans. So we'd like to begin by first asking you to take us back to how it all began for you. When did you discover your well, love? Well, I was uh, I was working in a hotel. Just a, a, a young man. My parents at that time said, "You will get a job, or you will be homeless." So that was my choice. They started packing my things. And uh, I just got the very first job that I could get. And that was the night porter in a hotel, a local hotel, um, a small hotel of about 35 bedrooms, independently run. And that was it. I was the night man at the hotel. I had to check in the late guests and check out the early guests in the morning. And in between that, I had to clean the hotel, hoover everything and set up conference rooms and all of this. And I had a great love of music. And one of the things was that while I was on that night shift, you could it was cassettes back then. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you could listen to an album like four or five, six times during the night shift. You know, one of the, you know, an album that was forty about forty minutes or something uh-huh. at that time, and so you could really get into things in one night. Whereas normally, you know, it takes days or weeks, doesn't it, to really immerse yourself. Anyway, I was already into rock and metal anyway, but I started to really live for heavy metal and um, l- start to love music, and they had a baby grand piano there, which they never locked. Okay. And on my breaks, I would go and plink on that piano. And that's where I wrote my very, very first songs. And when I was hoovering the hotel, I would sing to myself. And that was it. I saw a an advert well we had a a wonderful music page in a paper called the tamworth herald okay and uh, uh the journalist that wrote that music page in those days you had to do sport and if you got the sport then you had to do the music page as well well we were lucky in tamworth because he loved sport and he loved music so we had this fantastic music page and um, just full of local independent bands doing their own thing. And I saw on that music page, heavy metal singer required no experience necessary. And that was the perfect description of me as a man, you know, of 19 years of age. Um, and things kind of went from there i started to want to be more involved in music and then i saw at birmingham odeon is when heavy metal was still in theaters that's how old i am and there i saw ronnie james dio on the holy diver tour and he sang children of the sea from his yeah. days in Black Sabbath. I'd never heard that song before. 
Never. And I was totally blown away. That was a pivotal moment in my life. It was an epiphany. And when I got back to work after mm. that concert, and there I was hoovering that hotel, then I just looked at my whole life. And I thought, well, do I want to be hoovering this hotel or become a hotel manager, or do I want, if I could do anything I wanted, what would I do? And the answer was, I'd be like Ronnie James Dio, and I would tour the world singing with a band. That was the, that was the moment, and I, the, the next thing came to me, well, why can't I do that? And there seemed to be no reason whatsoever that sheer desire and force of will wouldn't get me to that place. And from that moment, my whole life was singing, music, writing songs, and trying to make it. I worked a job just like anybody else. I'm just the same as every aspiring musician and just dreaming of being a professional and making a living from music full time. And I had a lot of luck and I joined Wolf Spain after seeing that advert. And that's mm -hmm. what really started me on that path. And we were so bad that we couldn't play covers because people would see how bad we were. So we made original songs, then people didn't know that those that we were bad because we just played <laughs> songs that within our limits. So they may have been boring and simple, but they never sounded wrong. And uh, yeah. that's how we started. And, you know, uh, yeah. and we kept going and just over over many years you know we just because we stayed together and really tried to get somewhere together because we were four guys from a small town with the same dreams and aspirations then we just stayed together and pretty soon we became the most popular unsigned band in the UK mm -hmm. and Got well, amazingly, we got a record deal with an American company, and I suppose when Iron Maiden were looking for a support band, they were looking for a British support band for their UK tour. Thirty-one sold-out shows of all the theatres that they used to do when they started off with Number of the Beast, um, when they were, you know, at that, that stage. Then we were lucky enough as Wolfsbane to get that and and I met the guys in Maiden and um, got along okay with them and when Bruce left Maiden then I was lucky enough to have to get an audition for Bruce's mm -hmm. job you know and uh, amongst thousands of other people that wanted that and uh, I, was, I was one of 12 very, very lucky people that was able to audition. And I never thought for a moment that I would be the next lead singer of Iron Maiden because my voice was so different to Bruce, you know. And 
I I think there was something happening in the band at that time, and they'd been with Bruce for so many years that actually they wanted someone that sounded different. So yeah. I was absolutely shocked, blown away when I got that call to say, you've passed the audition, you're going to be the next lead singer of Iron Maiden. It was amazing, amazing. And from then, really, it was a roller coaster. First of all, it was making the X Factor album, and Steve Harris said, there is no music written yet for this album. He said, I don't care who writes the songs or makes the music. It just has to be absolutely great music. And I thought that was incredible. And I had a lot of lyric and melody ideas. I started working with Yannick Gers and with mm -hmm. Steve Harris. And, we, you know, we came up with a, a lot of great songs, in my opinion, anyway. There's some great music there on The X Factor. Some of it really shows a change of direction to the progressive era yes. that Iron Maiden were going to head into. And, you know, thousands of interviews that I did and all of that. And it was a great time with that and with Virtual Eleven. And then, you know, pressure from EMI, CD sales going down around the world, the nature of the music business changing, the Black Sabbath reunion, the uh, reunion from Deep Purple, the reunion from Judas Priest, and they came under a lot of pressure from the record company, they said, we really want a reunion. We want something to talk about. And so that was the opportunity, really, for Bruce to come back. And, of course, they've just done fantastic work since then. My timing I made and is a, is a very brief one in the span of the career of Iron Maiden. It's 25 years ago, but it is something, five years of my life, that has changed my life and dedicated the direction of my life. I've had a lot of ups and downs since those days with Maiden. And I'm very, very lucky to come through those and be in a situation where I am a completely independent artist funded by Blaze Bailey fans. There's no mm -hmm. crowdfunding. There's none of that kind of thing. Fans who visit my web shop and buy my, CD, my CDs and in the wonderful days before this virus came to my concerts, those fans make it possible for me to live my life as an independent artist and I'm living my dream right now as a full-time professional heavy metal singer. So I'm right. incredibly, yeah. incredibly lucky to have support of fans from all over the world. And 
it's an incredible, incredible thing. Oh, wow. You, you summed up your entire career in this last answer itself. <laughs> I read in an interview that you like to describe yourself as a live singer, as someone who loves to perform to an audience. Uh, where would you say this thought really comes from? Don't know, really. I think maybe uh, on one level, I am an extrovert personality and a show-off. Maybe there are a great deal of insecurities that many people in show business have that they crave praise and acceptance and want to be validated. I don't know how much a part of it is that, but some people that I've met along the path have been studio guys, very interested in making records, making songs in the studio. And for me, I've always come from the other way, that I need to feel that a song can be performed live. And in my writing process, it's very old school, but it's very similar to what we did in Wolfsbane and in Maiden, is I like to be there in the room with my guitarist, in the, in the rehearsal room with the band on some things, and work on songs like this and get a feeling of what those songs are going to be like live. And on my new CD, mm-hmm. it really does come together. It, there I am. It, I'm, it's uh, a very strong performance that we've managed to capture and it really vindicates my belief about performing live. I've never enjoyed really sticking on a pair of headphones and being in a little booth in the studio. I absolutely hate it. It's like going to jail. Well, I got into a band so I could be on stage, so I could sing, so I could feel my voice loud. And to be in the studio in headphones, in a little vocal booth, is just horrible to (laughs) me. Technology (laughs) has changed so much over the years. And... And I have become much more confident that now I never have to be in a vocal booth. I never have to be in a small room because now we have just had these little pad things, these kind of semicircle things that you put around a mic. It just goes around a mic and it just sounds exactly the same as an acoustically perfect vocal booth. And in if I do wear headphones, I stand next to the engineer in the control room of the studio. Okay. And we both have the headphones on for those quiet parts. I'm never, ever in a vocal booth. And I have these feelings that are much more positive, And my performance really does come to life in that way. So... When I had the opportunity to use digital technology 100% 
for recording vocals, which was on my Silicon Messiah album, man, when you could get rid of tape and all this other paraphernalia of the old world and computers were big enough and powerful enough to record vocals, my world was just changed in the studio. <clears throat> so now I don't dread the studio because uh -huh. I just don't record in that horrible way of being in literally a padded cell. How can a man like me perform in a padded cell? That's where you send me when I'm ill. That's not where I perform at my best, but that's what they were doing to me, putting me in this padded cell to sing. But now things have totally changed. That's the other wonderful thing that I am so lucky about. I'm actually the producer of my album. Uh -huh. So I say where it's recorded. I say how it's recorded. I organize the songs. We write the songs together. And with Chris Appleton alongside me, we are co-producers. We do different parts of the album process. Working closely with him, then we're able to really do work that we feel good about with no interference from anybody outside. And as an artist, that feels really good. The most important people are my fans. That's who I work for. I do my absolute best work that I can, and I hope that my fans will enjoy that and make it a part of their life. And that's, that's the way that I'm able to do it. I'm so, so lucky to be in that situation. There are hundreds of musicians who have normal record deals and have to compromise what they do, listen to what the record company says, I'm not in that situation because I am actually the record company and mm -hmm. the producer. Lovely. So quickly coming into your live album, Live in Check, do you have any story from that gig that's worthy of sharing with us? Every single gig is something that is ordinary and incredible. Because it's ordinary in the way that it's another gig. You know what you've got to do. You set up your gear, you do your sound check, you hope that there's a dressing room, you hope that there's a toilet in the dressing room so you don't have to come out and, you know, greet your public while you're really dying to go to the toilet, which is very embarrassing and happens quite often. So you, that's the normal part. But then the exceptional part is that when you are with a certain group of people and things start to go well and the music starts to feel good, then there is no band and no audience. It's one thing. And that's what I feel we captured with Live in Check. It's a smaller venue, but it is a great sounding acoustic venue. They have great equipment there. So we knew we could get a good result if only we played well. And 
I had fans there that have followed me for just so, so long, so, you know, since the Wolfsbane days. And it was something very, very special that, that we did. And uh, just an amazing feeling. And most of that energy mm -hmm. is on the CD and the DVD. It's nothing flashy. There's no big light show. It is pure metal, passion, raw emotion, and music. What a Blaze Bailey concert is. It's not that you come to watch Blaze Bailey. It's that you come to be with me and experience with me this evening and this moment that will never come again. So at this point, we'd like to play a song uh, from the live album. Which song should we play and why? Well, you have to play Virus. Awesome. <laughs> I was hoping. It's constantly <laughs> in my set list and I, I, I've recorded it on my last live album as well. And I think this is the best version of that song that I have done. It is not the same as the arrangement that yes. we did with Iron Maiden. This is yeah. my arrangement with my band doing it my own way. All the key elements of the song that I feel are important are in there, but it's my version of the song. So it's not a copy, or really it's not a cover version, it's an interpretation of what was on Best of the Beast. And if you could play Virus, and if you could also play Fight Back. Sure, it. that's what we all have to do right now. We can't accept the situation that they're telling us. We have to stay strong and mentally we have to fight back. We have to stand our ground and fight back against the darkness. Back to the best of the Beast album. They will tell you that you are not good enough. They will tell you that your dreams are stupid. That's what they told me. I am living my dream right now. Your dream is important to me. You believed in me and supported me. You are important to me. So when they tell you that it is impossible, tell them, Blaze Bailey said, I can do it. Don't let them infect you with the virus 
There's an evil virus threatening mankind Not state of the art, a serious state of the mind Muggers, backstabbers, two-faced elite A menace to society, a social disease Sneering at life's disarray Eating away at your own self-esteem Pouncing on every word That you might be saying As soon as the back is turned, treachery is
Thank you so, so much. album is scheduled for release sometime in March 2021. At least that's what we hear. What can we expect from this album and really what is next for you? I'm working on true stories as I have with other albums and songs about movies and books and things and we'll see what comes out. Each album is a journey of its own. The 
Infinite Entanglement trilogy is my greatest achievement in my musical career. So I'm very interested to see what my new album will turn out like. I had to take a long break creatively from writing so that I could let my creative energy come back because we used everything that we had on the Infinite Entanglement trilogy. I'm very excited about my album, my new studio album for 2021. I'm working on songs now, bit at a time. And what we have so far, the raw ingredients that we have feel good. So I'm excited about that album. And I'm hoping for the absolute best that things will be back to normal by March 2021 and we can do a big tour to go with that album. You you mentioned something about a book uh, earlier in our conversation. Could you tell us a bit about that? The Infinite Entanglement trilogy okay. started out as a bunch of lyrics for a science fiction story that I started. And when I got together with my writing partner at the time, Michelle, and I, I just had to start writing. It was because I had to, I had a deadline for, for my next album release. And I just didn't have a normal book of lyrics that I would normally have. And I started to try some of the things, some of the notes that I'd made to go with this science fiction story that I'd begun writing and it fitted it worked and suddenly we were telling a story about a man who does not know he is human okay if he if he is human because his consciousness has been taken from his human body and put into a machine body and he wakes up in a machine body thinking that it is some kind of spacesuit and he later discovers that actually he has a machine body and now he has to decide what is it to be human how do I define myself now? Am I human? Because I think as a human. Because I feel as a human. Or am I a machine? Because I have the body of a machine. And my skin is metal. Ooh. It's his story. The story of the betrayal. The loss that this man goes through and in the end the redemption that he finds lovely and naturally given this chance to talk to you i have to bring up iron maiden just to tell you that 2 a.m is probably one of the songs from your era that really really resonates with me and has continued to really resonate with me even today 
no question there as such but could you humor me and share any insights or thoughts about that song specifically well i bring that song back into my setlist when i get the opportunity and it's almost always in my unplugged or acoustic setlist and things weren't going well for me in wolfsbane and the dream seemed unlikely and i was working a regular job this was years after the hotel and uh -huh. there i was i got home at 2am i turned on the tv as it was then just four channels and i opened a can of very weak warm beer and thought is this my life now is my dream over has the thing that i've been living for now has that escaped is that now impossible for me is this my life now is the dream over and it was that moment of dark reflection at 2am when i got back from work and sat down that's exactly what that song is about and though it's about me i think really anybody who has worked shifts anybody who has had a job that they only did for the money to keep <laughs> food on the table to keep their family going and that's millions of people millions of us have done that you do the job only for the pay packet not for no other reason the only reason you go to work is for the money you wouldn't choose to go to that place or see those people unless you got paid and that was it that's what 2am is about i mean the lyrics are very very simple and yes but it, it is a completely true story and it is a feeling that millions of people go through and i don't think it's important to be famous i don't think that is the only valid dream if you just dream of working for yourself or you dream of being a good parent or having a nice home whatever your dream is however humble that dream is then that's for you and it's not important to be famous but i do feel that sometimes it's important to have a dream and something to to work towards to move towards something that is good for your spirit and your soul and if there's one thing i think that we're learning about ourselves from this horrible virus situation that we're going through it's well what is important not things things aren't really important because most of us have got enough things you know so it's people that are important 
because that's what really hurts when you lose it. It's people and freedom that's important. And that interaction that we have with each other. And however humble our dreams are, it doesn't mean that because your dream is small that it's not valid. It's your dream that you aspire to. And I think you should do your best to keep it. Awesome. I mean, those are really great words to hear, especially in a time like this. I have to ask you the final question, and I mean it final. How would you define heavy metal and what does music mean to you? Well, heavy metal is the absolute worst, most dreadful and most beautiful and powerful music that there is. It's simple as that. Because the worst heavy metal bands in the world are totally embarrassing and dreadful and the best heavy metal bands in the world using exactly the same instruments, electric guitars, drums, and singing with a microphone, exactly the same stuff, somehow make these incredible, powerful, enriching sounds, things that make us rise up from our seats and stand and dance and make fools of ourselves and bang our heads. The greatest bands do this to us. And suddenly we are heroes, we are giants, we are warriors because we have heavy metal. So for me, that is heavy metal. Everybody has to start off. Everybody sounds dreadful when they start, but when they sound good, when heavy metal is at its best in the hands of real artists, it is, in my opinion, undeniably the greatest, most powerful sound on earth. Once again, thank you so much, Blaze. It's been an absolute pleasure. Okay, guys. Well, I wish you the best with your show. And thank you, I sir. wish you the best with surviving the virus out there. And I, I wish you both great strength, health, and a metal heart. Thank That's you so much. Good all views. Yes. Wish you the same, Blaze. Horns up. Okay. Horns up. Cheers, guys. Wow. Blaze Bailey, I didn't expect him to be that that energetic and that positive even on a call. I felt like he was just sitting across from us. How I would have loved to be sitting across from him and just, you know, actually talking to him face to face. Yeah, man, it would be quite fun. And I think it would be one of those sessions. I mean, uh, you mentioned that it was one of the highlights for you so far. And, you know, just listening to him and what he has to say after all these years, still rocking out, still putting out a great show. It's it's one of those things you want to, like, you feel energetic after listening to him itself. I think it boils down to he is definitely completely passionate about what he does and extremely just in love with the ideas that get heavy metal to resonate with so many of us. I completely agree. I mean, you, you can really see 
you know a difference compared to anyone else we've spoken to yeah well maybe not anyone else i mean we've had earlier chats with say dan swano uh, hans grossman for all of you wondering all of these are people whom we've spoken to and an excuse for you guys to go and check out the archives on hansapod.com and you'll find plenty of interviews like this So, what are you guys waiting for? Do that. Get on to onsupport.com. And if you guys want to talk anything about heavy metal to us, reach out to us on Twitter or on the website itself. We are on Twitter. I'm at Asmohani. And I'm at Trend Crusher. Until the next time, on's up. On's up, guys.